0: Now, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Bonjour, and uh, welcome to a Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, the show where we discuss very important matters like poison or... Well, actually, the answer is poison, so we don't need to go any further than that. But uh, today, we have got from the band Brighton Rock and new project, Stormforce, it is guitarist Greg Fraser. Greg Frazier. Now, uh, years ago, in 2013, I did a a Kiss tribute, and uh, the guys at Brighton Rock uh, said, Hey, we'd love to be part of this tribute. Can we be on this tribute? And I said, Okay, fine. Send me a song, and, and we'll have a listen. And they sent me this epically slow, slow version of Creatures of the Night. And I remember getting it, and I remember putting it on, and I remember thinking all right, here come the drums, here comes the big intro, it's going to be massive and powerful. And then it was acoustic guitars and a voice and a ballad. And I went, what the f- is this? I said, oh, God, there's, there's not a chance that I'm going to put this on the CD. And now I've got to go back to these guys and, and come up with some kind of reason. You know, I couldn't get the rights. I ran out of room and... Ah, Anyway, I put this CD called A World With Heroes. You, you can check it out on uh, iTunes exclusively or Apple Music, whatever it's called now. And uh, anyway, so, so I had these songs and I and the idea was to make 12, uh, a 12-song CD to benefit the Soulange Palliative Care home here uh, locally in Montreal. And folks like like Greg and, and, and Brighton Rock and stuff started sending me these songs. I ended up with all these songs. It ended up being a double CD, 40, 40 songs. But as I was going through everything, this this one song kept coming back and, and I couldn't figure it out. I, I kept singing it, going nah, 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 creatures and I was like, wow. I was like, okay, hold on. And because I, I was trying to place in my head what kiss ballad this could be. And so I eventually I went through all the songs again, all the whole pile, and I and I found it. And I went, ugh. It's this Creatures of the Night song. Oh, my. Uh, oh. And stepped away. But, but anyway, the, the CD took about nine months to make. And so I had this battle going on. And eventually I just went, you know what? This is brilliant. Because of all the songs, uh, a lot of great versions. I mean, every song on there is great on this A World with Heroes uh, project. But this one kept coming back to me. Uh, just I'd, I'd walk the dog. Or I'd, and it just kept coming back in my head. So it went on the CD and then eventually with um, filmmaker Brian Sword, they, they made a video and the video Creatures of the Night from the album is uh, readily available on YouTube. I haven't checked recently, but the last time I checked it had tens of thousands of views. And you know what? They nailed it. They really nailed it. I think part of doing a tribute, other than the fact that we were raising money, is you're going to cover a song well, don't cover it the way the band did it, because we know that. And, and quite frankly, unless you're Metallica, who whose covers are better than anything that's come before them, uh, there's no point in doing uh, uh, an AA cover, you know, a, a point A to a point A cover, like a one-for-one one kind of thing. You, you, need to, you need to mix it up. You need to add some different fills, change the guitars, change the vocal, change the tempo, blah, blah, blah. And... In terms of making a song of their own, Brighton Rock did it. Anyway, so a big thank you to Greg and the guys in Brighton Rock for stepping up and and giving me that tune seven years ago now. Seven years ago now. Boy, time flies. But he's back with storm force, a new band, and it is a force to be reckoned with. And yes, I went for the easy pun because, well, I'm actually recording this at nine o'clock in the morning. That's that's why. Uh, I'm not fully awake to, to, to get into uh, dissertations. Um, anyway, uh, check out Stormforce. Check out my interview with uh, Greg Fraser. And uh, well, here you go. Here is the one, uh, the only, as we say in Montreal, le seul et unique, Greg Fraser. We are speaking with Greg Fraser of Brighton Rock, but but of course now Stormforce. Uh, bonjour, Greg. How are you? I'm doing
1: fantastic, Mitch. How About yourself?
0: Good. I, I am surviving these uh, somewhat unique times, special times that we're living through. But uh, yeah, you know, let let us get to talking about this album and stuff. So I've, got, I've got a bunch of questions, but I also want to quickly thank you for Brighton Rock and yourself and the guys stepping up on this uh, Kiss tribute I did back in 2013. You all got together. You did a very haunting acoustic version of Creatures of the Night um which was which was just amazing it it really was amazing i remember sitting it listening to it the first time going oh what is this and then it just kept (laughs) playing in my head and it kept playing in my head and then i got it you know and and now that's to me it's 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 like one of my favorite uh, tracks and then you guys did a video for it and that it just wow it's just fantastic so if, if folks haven't seen that go check out uh Brighton rock doing creatures of the night it's on youtube and it's just it is so thank you for that because it was done for my um my wife's father who had passed away so
1: thank you well th- well thank you for uh for letting us play on that 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 was such an honor and uh it's funny um i forgot the gentleman's name he co-wrote that song with paul paul stanley and you did an interview with the guy oh uh mitchell do you remember the guy yes yes yes, yes. yes. And uh, I guess he reached out to you, saying, "Hey, like, who did the arrangements?" I want to reach out to the guy, and all of a sudden, you gave him my phone number, and w- was not expecting it. And he called and left a message in my machine, saying, "Hi, you know, uh, I'm one of the co-writers of Creatures in the Night, and uh, I wanted to tell you I love your version. And don't tell Paul Stanley if you ever see him. I like your version better than Kiss." <laughs> and uh, that's that's amazing to hear something like that. And I want to thank you for that because you made that happen, man. And and that was a great thing that you did, you know, uh, putting that, putting that together. Cause a lot of times those compilation CDs and, you know, efforts, they they kind of all fall flat. But yours was amazing. And, uh, everybody stepped up to the plate. You had some, a lot of famous names out there, all did killer jobs. And, uh, yeah, man. So, like, thank you for doing that. That was a great thing you did, and uh, we're proud to be part of it.
0: Yeah, and it raised uh, thirty five thousand dollars for the uh, palliative care home. And, and and thank you for the compliment. But I got to say, you're right with uh, tribute albums and stuff. They usually fall flat. And so I I listened to all of these songs meticulously, and you know, no disrespect to anybody, but I rejected three. There were three of them. I just thought, no, this this is this is hokey. I, this this tribute yeah. for my father's wife cannot be hokey and there is not a single no. performance on that album that i am embarrassed about or go oh yeah, yeah just skip that one no none every single one of mm. them have a unique quality and have Chaos. a lot of heart they have a lot of heart everybody put heart into that so
1: absolutely yeah that was a great thing man you should uh you should do another one one day i know it was probably hey you're probably glad it was over with you know all the headaches and a lot of little tedious stuff you got to go through but uh you did an amazing job, Mitch. You should be really proud of that, man. I and mean, yeah. the fact that you raised that kind of money, unbelievable. I mean, that's that's crazy. That you made you made that kind of money, but uh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: There's, there's a special place in heaven for you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. And and it is
0: amazing because a lot of albums come out and and they don't make that kind of cash. And this one, uh, and I don't want to speak about me the whole time though. That would be a great interview too, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you know, listen. We did have to pay all the mechanical rights. We did have to pay all the printing. We did have to pay the mastering and stuff. So, you know, the album must have raised about fifty thousand or forty five thousand or something like that. Wow. so- w- Which is kind of phenomenal. And you know, people go, "Whoa!" It is. Come? You know, anyway. But let's get let's get over to Stormforce because uh, talking okay. about myself, will we'll have an hour special, and it's just not. It's just. <laughs> Uh, so all right so uh, folks who may or may not know brighton rock one of these bands out of canada in the scene back in the day with you know honeymoon sweet and killer dwarves and kim mitchell and um I'm trying to think oh dance desire Hay- haywire you know haywire yeah. <laughs> haywire sure. there there's a good band for you so so you know you you came up in that scene great melodic rock uh where are we with that band right now is is that sort of We'll do one show every couple of years, or is that still an ongoing concern for you?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we broke up basically 1991. We got we got our our record deal in '85, so we had a good run there. Uh, and then after that, we, we did a little reunion show, benefit show, like in 2000, and stuff like that. But uh, since 2012, we got offered uh, to play a festival in England called Firefest. And, uh, you know, I've always kept my eyes on that festival. Wouldn't it be great to play that? And then they offered, hey, why don't you get Brighton Rock, to, not to me, to our singer, Jerry, get Brighton Rock back together and come over and play. And so Jerry reached out to us and went, hell yeah. And it was such a great, great thing, you know. And then 2013, the following year, they, they offered us another slot at the, at the at the next uh festival we so since then it was like you know we're not a full-time band anymore so we've basically did like two or three shows every year since then uh except for the last year we didn't we played the monsters of rock Cruise, uh 2019 but we haven't played any since then but uh yeah it's not a full-time band it's just you know we just like to get together once in a while to have some fun, you know, and, uh, and that's it. Uh, we, we did try to put a record out in 2012, 2013, but it, it's just our lives are so scattered. Now everybody's living in different parts and have different, uh, you know, lifestyles now, whatever, you know, families and marriage. And so the, you know, the idea for us to get together to be a full-time thing like back in the day and put a quality record out is a real tough thing. We did to try to do it, but it was impossible just getting our schedules together you know to make a record is tough like even just to do a show just to rehearse for a show it's so hard for us to get us all in the same room these days but uh yeah so that's that's it you know um and so in the meantime in the last little few years i uh decided to put Force together and uh you know it's like make a record because I, I i could continue to write songs i never stop writing songs it's just uh it's just something I do all the time. So, and then uh, songs start building up, and then next thing you know, <laughs> we're ready to make a record, and we did. So, and I think you said you have it right in front of you there.
0: I do. Uh, it's, it's in fact, uh, it's just, uh, propped up against the computer screen actually right now. So, there. Nice. Uh, but but let's talk about a Storm Force then. Yeah. Is that another situation like Brighton Rock where it's tough to get together and you'll do stuff every so often? or is this a going concern where it will be here's the first album Age of Fear we're going to we're going to work it we're going to go do some shows around town and then we'll try to you know expand uh, expand the boundaries or where do we go with this and and what what's sort of the plan with this new band
1: well this is my this is my number 1 priority music wise uh, I don't have any other side projects if I do have a side project it would be Brighton rock because you know, we're just not a, we're not a thing anymore. Like, uh like, you know, like I said, we get together once or twice a year to do a show. And other than that, it's nothing happens. Nothing goes forward. And I, like I said, I, I continue to write music. So, so I made a point with this band and it wasn't, it wasn't that easy, but I want to make sure because with Brighton rock, uh three of the guys live like an hour, an hour and a half away from myself and our bass player. So it's always been a struggle, like even since the beginning, just to get together for, Even like a band meeting, it's always like, you know. So I made sure that, you know, being from Niagara Falls, that I want to have some guys that like live close to me. And so that we can have a band meeting. Okay, I'll see you in in an hour. We'll get together. Like, So I managed to find some top-notch guys, like at the top of their game, that only live 15, 20 minutes at the very most from my house. So that's huge. So we can literally get together all the time. You know, uh, and and that's that's great uh, when actually when you're making a record and stuff because I don't want to be one of those bands. Nothing wrong with it, but you know, a lot of bands now they're mailing in their parts. I mean, there's bands that have made records that they've never even met each other. They just mail their part in. Here's my part. Here's your part. We'll, we'll compile it all together, and then there's the record. It's like, huh, I didn't want that. I still want the old school where everybody records in the same studio. You know, or cheering each other on. We're ball busting each other, and you know, like our singer will be, will be singing his ass off. It's like, wow, that was pretty good. Let's let's record this one. What do you mean you you didn't record that one? You know, just little stuff like that. You know, just, just cheering each other on and uh, yeah. So we can rehearse anytime we want. We can get together anytime we want. You know, like it's even like a band meeting. Such so just, just a little stuff. A photo shoot. Yeah, no problem. We'll see you on Tuesday, six o'clock. Boom, we're all there. And so that's that's yes, this is my 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 number one priority. I don't have any other other groups I'm trying to get off the ground. And this is it, man. And, uh, you know, we did have a, our debut sh- show, which is supposed to be April 24, but that's, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to happen now with everything that's going on, but yeah, going forward, this is my band, man. So we are, we're definitely going to have a, Star Force Two and Star Force Three. If uh you know people still want to hear us and stuff like that going forward, but uh yeah, this is my number one priority, Mitch. So that's good. Now, now fans
0: that are listening will obviously guess listen. They're on Rock Talk with Mitch lafon This is a rock band, but for folks that may not be familiar with with what the sound is, and you're trying to get them to to, to pick it up and to check it out. What is this reminiscent of? Is is this completely new? Are we breaking new ground? are we paying homage to the seventies, the eighties for, for a fan? Now I've heard it and I think it's great, but for a fan that hasn't heard it,
1: what can you tell them about the album? Well, I mean, uh, you know, i all of my influences are from the seventies. Like I'm 56 years old and, uh, you know, so all those great groups you like, you know, that are from the eighties that are the very popular, all their influences are all from the seventies. So and I I still draw back to those times as you know the the groups that I still go back to and I still have fond memories of you know like the Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and you know even like Fleetwood Mac and Elton John and you know I mean Frank Marino I mean I listen to you do the Frank Marino interview like all stuff like that that that's that, those are my influences and that carries over into the eighties and then some of those bands might rub off and you. Uh, rub off on, on me or or whoever is being a songwriter. So, you know, I would say it's got a touch of the 80s, touch of the 70s, you know, with the modern sounds of the 90s and the 2000s. But uh you know, we're not uh reinventing the wheel here. Uh, uh we're not trying to invent something. It's like we just literally get together like the old school and it's like, Hey man, let's just uh, work on this song. I got this riff. You like this? Yeah, let's work on that. Oh, uh, that riff sucks. Okay. well Let's try this one. And then, you know, we all look at each other and it's like, Hey man, I like it. Yeah. We all, Yeah. That's great. And so that's, that's what it is to us. It's, it's not like, well, yeah, we don't like that because it sounds like it's the 80s. No, man, if it sounds good, it sounds good. And uh, you know, the reviews have been fantastic all over the world. And, you know, you, every once in a while you might see something like, yeah, well, they're not reinventing the wheel, but, you know, what we're hearing is is it's almost fresh sounding because a lot of the new stuff that's coming out doesn't have that sound anymore. People are afraid to uh, to go back there, but, you know, we've got some really quality production on it, so it, it sounds fresh, with even though it might have an 80s touch to it, so... Yeah, man, we uh, we wear our hearts on our sleeves,
0: man. You know, it sounds it sounds great to me. All right, so I, I do want to go back and visit uh, the early Brighton Rock just for a second, and we'll we'll get sure. back to it uh, to Storm Force. But you worked yeah, man. with many producers, and and, yep. and and I want to get your story. So you've worked with Michael Wagner, you've worked yep. with Jack Richardson, and you worked with yep. Toby.
1: Wright. now, That's, uh, and Bo Hill also. I worked with Bo Hill, but okay, go ahead.
0: Yes, and Bo Hill. So. So, so let, let me start with uh, Toby Wright. He, of course, was a more later on producer, more grunge. He did, you know, um, Kisses, Carnival of Souls. You see, I got to bring everything back to Kiss, right? Just pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> right? But, 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 talk to me about that, because he he produced your your last record, and he really was doing sort of more of those. Uh, grungy type bands. What was that like having him in there? Did he come in there and just say, okay, boys, it's 1991, you got to change your sound? Or was he just, hey, let's, let's see what we're, you know, talk to me about working with him on Love Machine. Well, to-
1: yeah, okay. Well, Toby, he, up until then, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Brighton Rock, that was the first record he ever produced. Up until then, he was always an engineer. His uh, his main uh, guy was uh, a guy that you interviewed Ron Nevison all those Ron Nevison records if you look it's always engineered and mixed by Toby Wright so that was you know so he was looking to branch out and to become a producer on his own because it's he was always you know Ron Nevison would get all the glory and uh you know a lot of times Toby was doing a lot of stuff but wouldn't get much of the credit and uh so if you look at Toby's uh, you know uh, discography, like it's unbelievable who this guy's worked with. Like the biggest records you could think of, you'll see his name there. You know Metallica and Heart and White Snake and Kiss and it's endless. So um, I can't remember how we first got in touch with Toby, but uh, the, when we were looking to uh, have somebody produce the record. Um, he, he, somehow the record company goes, yeah, he's check this guy out. He's a, you know, he's a, he's, he wants a producer. He wants to become a producer, but up until then he, we started hearing the records. Oh God, I love that. Oh, that's a killer record. Oh, that record's unbelievable. So we flew out to LA and he did some demos, uh, just to, just to hear what it sounds like here, let's, let's record and see if you like my sound. And it was killer. And then, uh, to get back to your question, did he come in and change things? Uh, not really at all because that was the thing he liked about us. He he liked our, he liked what we had, he liked what we brought to the table. And, you know, he definitely made s- some suggestions Well, all producers w- will do that. Cause it, you know, they're, they're good at that. They can have an outside ear. Sometimes you get a little too close to the songs and he'll, he'll bring a different perspective. But, uh, that was a great thing about Tobin. He, he's roughly the same age as us. So we got along fantastically. We, you know, we would hang out when we're not recording, uh, you know, we'd stay together in, in our hotels and stuff like that, and then went condos, or whatever it was. And you know, so what he bought was a, a great sound palette for sure, and he brought a fresh approach to producing because it's his first time producing. The next record he produced was Allison Chains. so you know, shows like his his his, uh, his production credentials definitely skyrocketed after that. But uh yeah, it was fantastic working with Toby and he's a great guy. I still call him a friend and uh, every once in a while we'll, we'll talk on emails and you know, jokes and stuff. But uh yeah, it was it was a pleasure working with Toby.
0: Yeah, Toby's great. Uh then of course uh, Michael Wagner. Who he, he he did Young, Wild and Free, the Brighton Rock. He's done, of course, Alice Cooper, Dawkins, Great White, and uh he mixed master of Skid puppets, row? Of Skid Row, the, the, uh, No Extreme. More Tears. He mixed, uh, yeah. yeah, he did. He produced porno graffiti. I'm um, yeah. just trying to think what else he did. Megadeth. Death. Anyway, he. What was it like working with with Michael? I mean,
1: he. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. I was, um, sorry to interrupt you, but he, uh, there's another thing he, there was another guy that didn't really get his claim to fame on a worldwide, uh, scale yet. I mean, like our record he did was before Skid Row. It was before extreme. It was before no more tears. It was before all these bands the only band, uh, any significance that he was working with was, was docking. And, and, uh, when we were looking for producers, uh, the label itself, they, they you know, they, a lot of times back then, because we were signed with Warner, we are international, so a lot of times producers they want to get their name out there, so they would submit constantly to to the labels. Hey, man, uh, you know, if you got anybody, I, I want to produce your record or your, any of your roster. So all the rock, rec- you know, because we were one of the only rock bands signed to Warner at the time. And all these rock producers are up and coming, they would send them basically to me or say, Hey man, what do you think? Like see like any of these. So I heard Michael, he was doing docking, but it wasn't out yet. It was under lock and key. And uh, so I was one of the first people in Canada to ever hear that. So when I heard that, it's like, oh my God, this sounds fantastic compared to everything else I was hearing. Everything else had you know, I hate to say it, but a real generic Canadian predictable sound. Uh, you know, afraid to, to take any chances because, you know, you might, you might not get on the radio and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, Michael's from Germany, he's a hard rock fan. He grew up with Udo from uh except like, you know, literally since they were kids. So, you know, hard rock and metal and stuff is in his blood. Uh, when he came up to Canada, he's like, fuck the radio, fuck singles. Let's make a rock record, man. We're going, yeah, right now I'm one of us. So, and he was funny as hell. Uh, it was just uh, like laughs, as always, laughs. <laughs> and uh, at the time, because we didn't we didn't have any money, any cent we had it was going back into the record. So we were literally sleeping on the studio floors because we couldn't afford a hotel room, and we couldn't afford to drive back to Niagara Falls, to Hamilton, every night. So we'd literally, you know, hide behind coaches and stuff so that the guys from Phase One Studios wouldn't know we were actually there because that's a real no no. But Michael would take us out every day for dinner. They pay for it all for all of us, and you know lunch and stuff like that. So you never forget that kind of stuff. And he was fantastic work to work with. I learned so much from him. Uh, how to get a good guitar sound. How to you know he's really good with arrangements, getting to the point. Uh, he was really good with Jerry, uh, our singer. He was fantastic work with. Uh, I learned so much from that guy. To this day, I just when I go in the studio, I still remember those little things that he's taught me, and I still use that to get, to this day. Little things that he's taught me, like you know, thirty, thirty-five years later.
0: Now, um, what I want to do is, is is move just move away quickly from the producers for a second, and uh, sure, I, I want to talk about your time in Helix because you came in. Uh, you know, in the early 90s, you replaced Paul Hackman, who, who had passed away. Um, yep. Talk to me about that, because there, there is one thing about coming into a band where some guy left or some guy fired, but what was it like coming in where somebody passed away? Because there's a great love for Paul. We all love Paul. He was one of the great premier guitarists from Canada. Was that an uncomfortable situation for you, or was it sort of stepping in and saying, hey, we're going to celebrate, Paul. How was that for you?
1: I'd say it was a bit of both from what you said. It was a little uncomfortable uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, Number one would be, you know, back to Brighton Rock, I founded that band, so, you know, that was my vision. And then uh, Jerry, when we got Jerry in the band, it became his vision too. And then, so, you know, we watched that group grow on our terms. So, you know, after like eight, 10 years, you get used to being in a, like a certain way. And then when I joined the Helix, you know, I was a side man. It was pretty much, you know, right off the top, you know, we're hanging, we're not looking for a full-time guy who knows if is going to, how this will unfold, but you're a side man. And you know, okay, I'm on for, you know, I'm not playing in another Brighton rocks already broken up and, uh, but those guys are great, you know. We played, we we did little tours with them prior to that. So and uh, and the the bass player Daryl Gray, he lives like 15 minutes from my house right now. So we we had a weekend band together when our bands weren't playing. Called Scurvy Dogs, which I think he still has going. And so you know we knew each other. And then uh, when when that unfortunate thing happened with Paul. Um, they they basically said, "Hey, man, you know, are you into this?" And went down and did a little rehearsal, and it was, you know, we everything. It was a it was a good fit, but it was kind of weird because you know people come sometimes, you know, because back then the internet wasn't. I don't know if it even existed back then. Did it in ninety three ish, ninety two. I'm not even sure. Well, it did if you so- were in
0: the military, I think. But for the rest of us, uh, well, yeah, I was at I was in university, but we had access to like Usenet and uh, email. But really, what? Oh, and uh, what was it? Uh, Netscape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and but, you know, web crawler. <laughs> all, you know, all, all the good old. Uh, oh God, I just aged myself. All right, go. <laughs>
1: Finish your story. Yeah, but what I was trying to say is, you know, so back then, you know, when we go on tour out west and wherever in the States, you know, because a lot of people didn't have the internet, so unless you happen to see something in the newspaper at a glance or happen to see one little clip on much music, a lot of people didn't know that Paul passed away. So they'd come up to the show and it's like, well, who's this guy? Where's Paul? And then, you know, you got that awkward, like, oh, okay, well, you know how come you're in the band? Where's Paul? And it's like, Oh, okay. I guess you don't, you haven't heard. Eh? So that's kind of awkward little stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, but you know, it's, it was, uh, I loved it. I loved playing in that band. Great guys. I learned a lot with those guys, but you know, it, it wasn't bright and rock cause it wasn't my vision. So on the other hand, you know, I kind of like doing things my way too. And being a side man was real new to me. And you know, so it's where your know, your opinion's not really needed a lot of times. So like, so it's like, huh, okay, um, I get that. This is all new to me, and you know, I'm a team player, and let's uh, move on forward. But had some great times with those guy, man. We did some great shows, great band, tight band, you know, uh, great vocals, great harmonies. So, you know, and they're still out there, man, and they're still killing it. So I wish those guys all the best.
0: Yeah, you know, you, you got to respect uh, Brian Vollmer. I mean, through all the lineup changes, through all the industry changes, through all the, the, the delivery of the music changes from CD to cassette to 8-track to, you know, streaming, he's kept it afloat. I mean, it's it, oh, it's, yeah. it's hard to keep that afloat. And it's especially hard to keep it afloat when you have uh, Archie Gamble in your band. Boy, he's a son of a... No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding, because I know he might listen to this, so I just had to get that in there. But uh,
1: Archie, what's
0: up, buddy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to love Archie. Uh, I remember he, uh, he friended me on Facebook, and I went, who's this... Fu-? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just uh, let yeah, let, let, and let's let's start wrapping up here. So let, let's just get over to a uh, storm force. So this this is the first of, uh, and I'm going to name it again: Age of Fear is, is the first of many. Right, it's not just a one off. You're you're hoping, or the plan is, we'll do this, we'll do the cycle, and then come back next year, and we'll have more songs for you, and you you'll keep going.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like we're writing right now. I mean, like I haven't stopped writing, so I got. I've got a records material ready to go. It's just we, the other guys got to catch up and uh you know get get in the game and start, you know, writing lyrics and stuff like that and uh yeah, no this is it, man. Uh I these guys are fantastic people. Uh we get along great. We hang out, when, you know, even when we're not playing together. It's not just a band to, to make a record and then, you know, we all go our separate ways. No, we're, and and the thing too with the other guys in the band because they never really had a you know a, a lot of exposure on a worldwide level, you know being in uh, bigger bands. This is all exciting to them too. So, and that that's great for me because you know, sometimes you get a little jaded being the business as long as I have. It's you start taking stuff for granted that other you know newer guys like, whoa, this is fantastic. And you look, you look at the, yeah, I guess that is fantastic because you, you've already seen it before, so it doesn't you know, it's not as, it doesn't, it doesn't um, excite you as much as it should. And it should, because, you know, any kind, you get a great review or, you know, like the fact that I'm talking with you, uh, you know, the fact that you want to do an interview, that that's fantastic, you know, because, you know, you're a big league interviewer. And the fact that, you know, that we're on that interview stage with you, that says a lot. So, yeah, mean, there's no way that this band will ever break up unless the other guy's, You know, had enough, but I can't see how because it's such an exciting time for us right now, man. And uh, it's a great album.
0: And and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that last 10 seconds, I'm going to clip it, and I'm going to send it to my wife about how great I am. That's what I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to do. And and I'll finish on this. You you did mention that Adam Mitchell, the uh, co-writer of Creatures of the Night, phoned and left a voicemail. Did you ever sort of consummate that that phone call? Did you did you get him on the phone and spend ten minutes? I did. No. I
1: did. I called him back immediately, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god! And yeah, oh yeah, he was great. He goes, "I love your guitar solo and that." That meant a lot. It's like, whoa! He actually, you know, he's actually pointing that out. Little stuff like that, and uh, he loved the arrangement. And he goes, "It's it's so different." At first, it kind of took it took me aback. It's like, what's this? And I remember our singer, Jerry, when he first heard it too, I kept warning of Jerry, it sounds nothing like the record. It's more haunting. It's like a haunting ballad. So when he first heard it coming through his headphones, he's going, what the hell is this? He just, it was like, it was, he couldn't grasp it. And then he loved it. Once he sunk his teeth in. and and the same with Adam. Uh, Yeah. I I really want to thank you for that, man. You know, for for him giving him, you gave him my number and he left that message on my machine. It's like, whoa! I, that's, God, I wish that's I very kept cool. that. You know, and
0: and I, yeah. and I I never knew he actually got in touch with you because a lot of people say, oh, I'll give this guy a call, and then you know, three years later, I eh, never called me. But
1: uh, no, he did. Man, he's very complimentary on the machine. I couldn't believe it. I go, is this a joke? No. no way! But I didn't recognize the voice, and they could tell the guy just wasn't like he didn't act like he was joking. And uh, yeah, that was real cool. You to, to do that, man really appreciate that and uh, i'll never forget that i'll never forget that man and like yeah. i said i don't know if i re- repeat it again he goes don't tell paul stanley but i like your version better <laughs> well you know and it's
0: funny because uh, i had the same reaction i think most people have the same reaction because you you know it's got those big drums and it's bombastic and and you put it on the first time and I, and and i remember uh was it you or was it uh jerry that's well anyway somebody sent it to me and said would you consider this for the album and i went and I put it on. and I went, oh, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then you know, I had all these other submissions. And I don't mean this is not being rude or anything, but I had all these other submissions. And and there was one that I kept playing in my head. I'd go walk the dog, and I kept, and I go, what the fuck? So I would go through all the songs that came in, and I go, which one is that? Which one? Because it was the one that was sticking in my head. Wow. And And then I heard uh, Creatures of the Night, and I figured out that it was it was that song. And I went. I go that that's got to, that's got to go on then because it it, wow. it it comes back it's the it's it's the one that keeps coming back, and uh, then uh, you know the somebody reached out and said listen I'd like to donate my video skills and we'll do the video and then you saw that's the video Brian, yeah, Brian yeah. right correct 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 right. uh, wasn't trying yeah. to uh, forget Brian but he 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 volunteered and then I went you know what that's exactly the spirit of this project just volunteering doing this we're going to get this money over to the palliative care home which we did and just the whole thing was it just left a great taste like it was very much a sense of community and it was just like you know what that's fucking perfect that's what it's supposed to be
1: yeah yeah well you know? i owe it all to you man i mean uh if you wouldn't have if you wouldn't have had this great idea to do this in the first place that song wouldn't have existed I remember uh you know I was like what what song can i do that nobody else is you know i'm sure everybody's going to pick the obvious detroit rock city and shout it out loud the obvious ones right so i i, you know, I gotta dig a little deeper and try to find that one that's kind of stand out in its own and uh yeah it is uh that's what we got man and that's that's what is that seven years now eight yeah. years ago oh, 2000, hey.
0: 2013 geez. and uh of course uh if if you ever do a uh storm force deluxe edition i want to throw it on there you you have my blessing it is uh, oh right on. You know. uh, and, and yeah. on that uh, oh well you know what is there anywhere people can find you i mean i know you can go to uh, amazon canada and places like that and find it but if you're in australia or if you're in because i have a lot of listeners in australia a lot of listeners in the states their amazons may or may not have it so is there a a, a website that we can direct them to
1: uh, yeah, well, uh, if you want autograph CDs and stuff like that, it, it's Stormforce dot ca. Uh, so that would you know that's pretty well for the world. Uh, but if you just want you know uh, you know we're on Spotify and all every platform there is, you name it, we're on it. Uh, in in Europe, what, what, I should say that we're we're signed to Escape Music, which is based out of the UK. So uh, it might be cheaper if you're going to buy a CD to maybe get it from, you know, even though I'm I'm taking money in my own pocket, but Escape, you know, they're basically the case. If you are from Australia, uh, uh, you can get a rate from Escape Music uh, Limited. Uh, They have a website too. And like I said, we're on all the platforms, man. So, you know, we have a Facebook page, official Stormforce page. All the links are there. Also, if you want to go on that page, give us a like, and it has all the links to our euro page and uh yeah man it's it's everywhere it's not we're not hard to find my friend
0: you're not hard to find and uh, while you were saying that i typed in uh, uh, uk, the uh, british one and uh, you check up a uh, storm force and it is there
1: to, there, uh, to buy
0: for seven pounds which is a great deal and you can also stream it so it is available worldwide fans and you should pick it up it is very very honest straightforward hard melodic rock and that's that's what i like so there you go merci monsieur thank you
1: god bless you mitch yeah thank you thank you sir merci beaucoup my friend and uh till the next time have a great one. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on
0: iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch Lafon and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore
1: Lafon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.